Hey everyone, Matt here. Um, we are going to do a special discontinued on display on the Beers and Ears feed today. Um, we had some recording scheduling issues, we had some life stuff happen, and so we were not able to get our uh, scheduled programming of top 10 parks attractions, but that will be coming next week, so don't worry. Um, so, But please enjoy the discontinued on display episode. This is from season three. Um, uh, this was one of my favorite episodes where we talk about Mork and Mindy. Um, I did not realize where Mork came from and his origin story is just fantastic. So I really enjoyed this episode and season four comes out, uh, this July or actually, I think actually June 30th, I think late June is when it comes out. We're doing discontinued themed entertainment and themed experiences. So that's going to be super fun. Um, also check out, uh, the, uh, check out sorcernetwork.com. Um, I've got a piece coming out on Wednesday and a piece coming out on Friday. So I'm pumping out uh, two pieces of content this week. So definitely check that out. All right, everyone. Enjoy. Thank you for visiting Discontinued on Display. We are so happy you have joined us. At this time, we ask of you a few small favors. Please refrain from eating or drinking while you're in the museum. Please stay with your guides at all times. If you separate, you may get lost. And Nanu Nanu. Thank you for joining us today at Discontinued on Display. I am Chris, and I am joined by... Matt, uh, Nanu Nanu to you, Chris. Nanu Nanu back at you, Matt. Wow. Um, so if, if from that, you have no idea uh, what we are talking about, we of course are talking about the uh, sitcom, uh, the late 70s, early 80s sitcom Mork and Mindy uh, today on Discontinued on Display. Uh, this, uh, I, I, I wanted to pitch a show that was a little bit older. I feel like we've, we've kind of, we, this is a, an era we haven't quite hit yet. Um, we've been kind of hanging out in the same, the same era. It's weird how all these shows are kind of falling in, in a, like a similar era. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's all. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. Uh, great content here. Uh, it, it, I, I think. I think what what is what we've seen though is all of it is around this time where the internet is coming out. Streaming isn't a thing, but also it, we're not to the live. You know, live TV used to be the you had to get together and and watch the show at this time. Otherwise you missed it. Whereas once we got recording technology and all this other stuff, it, it, it made that less of a, of a thing. And it was this weird time when, when we had kind of the technology like VCR stuff, but not yet. And so I, I wanted to hit on something that was like in the seventies or something like that. Yes. Um, I said it again. Yes. No, I like I like going a little older. There are a couple ideas for for shows that I wanted to do that were from this period. And I'd always heard of Mork and Mindy. I'm familiar with it. I love I loved Robin Williams as an actor, so like I was definitely familiar with this. 
God, I didn't really understand what it was. And now I'm sad. I think that's the funny thing is that most people have a passing knowledge of the show based on, oh, this is, it's Robin Williams. And so they know it because of Robin Williams. So you knew nothing about this show? Nothing. (laughs) I just thought Mork and Mindy were like, I just thought it was a weird, like a quirky guy and a quirky girl doing quirky stuff. And they wore bright colored clothes. And now I know that Mork's an alien. Yeah. And well, I'm did confused. You, well, I, I love, I did not know the like rich history of the first appearance of Mork. Please let me. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I, I passed the, considering the most of the words you said in this episode are yes. yes. I, <laughs> I passed the baton to you because man, I loved it. Yes. I did that very much on purpose. Anyway, <laughs> so I, so I, again, didn't, I, I had heard in passing that Mork and Mindy was a spinoff of Happy Days. And I, that's kind of all I knew about it. And so I was investigating the episode that Mork first appeared. And I, after figuring out that this was, he was an alien, I was like, why was there an alien on Happy Days? Like, I'd watched, like, I, I watched uh, Nick at Night and TV Land as a kid. So, like, I've seen episodes of Happy Days, and I'm like, what were we doing? Like, who was like, you know what we need to put in this this TV show about being uh, a normal family in the 50s? Aliens. I was like, what? Well, so, did you hear why they did that, though? Y- yes, because of, well... My understanding was because of the popularity of an episode from the Dick Van Dyke show a bunch of a long time ago. No, it was um, Star Wars that, you know, Star Wars comes out in 1977. And then, you know, that they were kind of trying to capitalize on the Star Wars hysteria of like, ooh, space. Um, And so the the show was like, okay, we, you know, we we need we need to feature a spaceman. Oh, my God. We'll get an astronaut. (laughs) We've been to the moon at this point. Like, this is the strangest. So, like, and this is what throws me. So, Richie sees a, a, a flying saw. Richie, who is uh, Ronnie Howard, who is now well-known for being a director. And also in my, in my I'm going to make a M- Music Man reference two episodes in a row, um, who was Winthrop in the original Music Man movie. Have we, I, I'm pretty sure we've made more Music Man references on this show than, than like we, than songs we've sung. Welcome to the Music Man on display. So <laughs> Ronnie Howard is, is Richie and apparently he tells Henry Winkler, Fonzie, that he see, he saw a UFO and Fonzie is like, Nah, that's just for sad people who are boring. And Richie's like, oh, man. And <laughs> and then Mork shows up at Richie's house and is like, I've come to get a boring human. You'll do. And then he's like, you know what? No, I want the Fonz for reasons I don't understand. Because <laughs> the Fonz is awesome. And so, and this is where, like, I, I kind of was here for it. And I was like, I mean, I guess. And then it got strange so i guess mork has powers because of course he's an alien all he has to do is point his finger but is is mork's alien superpower finger more powerful than fonzie's thumb (laughs) i don't know i guess it's time for a duel in the soda shop and so this i had to watch i i read this in the description of the episode and i went no 
<laughs> and I typed into YouTube the Fonzie versus Mork. And it's literally, it's like they're dual, it's like they're crossing swords. He's got his thumb against Robin Williams' index finger, and there's sound effects and lights. And it's and it's apparently Fonzie's thumb is more powerful. And then Mork says, well, can your fingers do this? And he points at the jukebox and makes it turn on. So Fonzie goes up and does the Fonzie thing where he elbows it to stop it. And then it's like a weird, like, he points and like Fonzie keeps like slamming his body into it. And then I stopped because I couldn't anymore. I didn't want to know where this was going because then Mork starts blowing the doors off the ladies room. And I went, I'm done. I don't want to see the end of this duel. I know that apparently Fonzie wins. But well, I mean, or, yeah. or loses, he gets taken captive. But then Mork changes his mind, and then Richie wakes up, and it was all a dream. And then Robin Williams shows up at the front door to be like, "Hi, I'm so sorry, I'm lost, I'm looking for directions." And that's the end of the episode. But that's not the end of the terrible story because I guess people liked this, and so someone in the network was like, "You know what? We need a whole TV show for Mork." And so they went back and they refilmed the ending to yes. be that he doesn't just get, he doesn't, it's not that he's like, oh, I don't think Fonzie's a good specimen. He just lets him go. And, and he's like, like, I'm going to go into the future to explain why he is no longer in the six or fifties, but is now in the seventies and Mork and Mindy. And, and he's like telling, like, there's like this big scene where it's a communication between him and his home base that he's going to study earth. They can comp- and they put that scene into the syndication of Happy Days and completely erase how it was actually supposed to end, so they could specifically be like Mork and Mindy was always supposed to be a thing, and then like the and oh, then they man. bring him back and they pretend like the oh my god. So first off, uh, from a storytelling perspective, I absolutely hate the and it was all a dream tactic. That is like, I, I think where it comes from is, um, okay. So hang on. I'm watching the scene right now and Mork has just taken someone's clothes off and the guy runs out in his underwear in the, <laughs> in the scene where they fight in the soda shop. Yeah. They're still fighting. I gave up. There's, I couldn't. Oh, okay. I'm going to keep going. Oh. And so, the, so because he did that, the Fonzie makes a waitress kiss him and, uh, oh man, this is, this is gold. This is wonderful. Everybody go watch this. Um, okay. I mean, you do anyway. go watch it because it's cringe and you'll be like, why did it's it? Great. It's great. Great, 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 um, and, and, and so um, I, I, I in, blah, 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 blah. in like third and fourth grade, there was this we had themes that we had to write and they were just like papers and we could choose what we wanted to write. Mm-hmm. And there was this one kid that every week he wrote the same exact theme except like change the names and change kind of what happened. So I was like, one day I was walking down the street and I met Matt and then, and then I woke up and it was all a dream. This was, this was every week for like three months. (laughs) And, and we would tell him like, we, we, we were to give like comments of what we liked and what we didn't like. It was like, you know, working on constructive criticism and, and we were all like, dude, just try something else. Like we like you, we like the stories you're telling. Just just do something different. And every week, nope, same thing. <laughs> so I think I have an adverse effect to and I woke up and it was all a dream. Um, I think it's I think it's just a cop out. Okay, so secondly, I, I actually don't think it's that much of a surprise that 
Mork became such a popular character. And it really comes down to Robin Williams. Like Robin Williams is an incredibly likable person on screen. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there's a reason that he then went on to be a very famous actor in a bunch of other things because he's just entertaining on screen. So regardless of all the shenanigans that were happening of people's clothes flying off and jukeboxes getting started and restarted and finger battles happening. Uh, I, I think still Robin Williams kind of like energy goes through. And I think that's kind of what, why people were so on to this character. Yeah. But something you're, you're not really accounting for here is that that was his kind of big introduction to us was Mork and Mindy. Like he had been doing stand up a little bit, I believe before this point, but Mork and Mindy is like, like he wasn't well known yet and he wasn't in everyone's living rooms before this happy days episode. And then Mork and Mindy. Yeah. But I, I still think that Robin Williams is even, even this is just his first thing. He still just has this presence about him. And I mean, it also could have just been one of those fluky things. I mean, how often does a TV show come out and it's one character that is incredibly minor that everyone just freaks out about? Yeah, um, like what was her name in Stranger Things? Barb. Everyone went nuts for yeah, Barb in Stranger Barb, Things. Um, Hodor in Game of Thrones. People were, uh, Hodor was like the, like the, the he died, I think. Um, everyone and, dies in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's true. What everyone dies in Game about? of Thrones. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he died and people were like, oh my gosh, Hodor. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um I, th- I mean, you're not wrong, though, because Robin Williams is very charismatic and he's an amazing performer and, and people are really drawn to him and his work. So to to say that that's probably the, a catalyst for the popularity of the character and then subsequently the show. But that's also something they just did back then. Like, <clears throat> I think I've I think I've already said this. And if I have, forgive me. Um, but Mork and Mi- like every like we always get flack i think in this day and age for like doing a spinoff series or rebooting but back then they were pretty bad about it like happy days spun off two shows mork and mindy and laverne and shirley and then like fast forward a couple years you get um on the family is a huge show on the family they um oh my gosh my brain just shut off they spun off the jeffersons they Mm -hmm. spin off um Oh, what's the other show they spin off? There's one other one too. Oh, Maud. And then they spin off. Um, and then uh, Maud spins off Good Times. Like everything, everything was a spin off of something back then. And, but they were strangely successful spin offs. Well, I, I, that's a good point because we are so critical of reboots and spinoffs nowadays it's like oh everything's just a spinoff or a reboot of something that's already been created it's really not all that that's been going on for years i mean the amount of spinoffs that we have of of everything and even the the thing about it is sometimes these spinoffs become more popular than the original thing Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I'm sure there is stuff that people know more for the spinoff rather than uh, rather than for the original show. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but man, doing research into Mork and Mindy, like there are times where I look at this and I'm like, why was this popular? My God. I think probably because it, okay, it's the age old humor of, 
you have two opposites where, you know, Mindy is this, uh, you know, very, um, you know, put together person, uh, uh, and, and, and Mork is this, uh, eccentric, wacky person. The fish out of water story is, is funny to people. Um, you know, always it's hilarious. I mean, when, when, when someone from not around here comes in and does something taboo, you know, I think about, uh, uh, the scene in the first Thor movie where he's in a coffee shop and he takes the mug and throws it on the ground. Another, ha ha. Yeah. It's like, ha ha. It's funny because we don't do that here. Ha ha. It very much. That's people like that, I guess. Um, and that's, that's common in, um, in a lot of sitcoms. Like you have two opposites. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the classic odd couple kind of situation. Have um, you, um, have you, do you watch Whose Lines in Anyway at all? I loved Whose Line Is It Anyway. Whose Line Is It Anyway is fantastic. There's a, there's a, uh, moment where they're doing like the sitcom where it's, uh, and it's um, the audience suggestions that they had to like cut out were Cosby and Hitler. Yes. I remember Cosby and Hitler. <laughs> and, and, that even, that hits harder today. Be, as oh, yeah. being, like back then that was like, oh, half of this and now today it's a hundred percent. You can't talk about it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like now it's like, whoa. Oh, what a train wreck. But I, I that that's what I always think of is is Cosby and Hitler. <laughs> now, thing ideas that tank like Cosby and Hitler, Mork and Mindy ends up starting to tank. And it tanks like which is funny because their first se- season gets nominated for two Emmy Awards for best best ca- uh best on like best show and then Robin Williams gets nominated as well. But then mm-hmm. it just starts to go to, and if you ask me it makes a lot of sense that they did not get past season four because season four sounds like they jumped the shark. Oh, that reminds me. I meant to say this. Did you know that the term, apparently the term jumping the shark, you know, the term jumping the shark. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It was invented because of happy days. Yeah. I didn't know that because I'm pretty sure there's an episode where like the Fonz jumps Jumps a shark. the literal shark. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean already with the, um, if you Googled, uh, if you stopped the episode and Googled the Fonz versus Mork fight, clearly happy days was was just off the reservation at this point <laughs> like it is it is one of those writer rooms that I, i'm there's no bad ideas and every idea is just being written into a script um it got nuts at the end like i feel like happy days has this reputation of being like this you know normal show and then you actually look into the episodes and it's this wild conglomeration of stuff yeah yeah. So, um, fourth season. Yes, the fourth season. Um, like from like, what I the, gather, like they get married and then he's pregnant. Yeah, and he like lays, lays an, an egg. egg, and there's images of him sitting on an egg knitting, and then the egg hatches. But because time works differently, their child is the same actor who plays her uncle from a previous episode, and they explain that their child would be a full grown adult. And then they go to the, like, where he's from, and there's an 11-year-old girl teaching, and I'm like, what on earth? Like, this is this is why, right here, is that Robin Williams was pregnant and laid an egg and hatched a full-grown man. So, I mean, definitely one of the things that I found is the, the fourth season definitely got silly, and silly to a point that was just not funny anymore. Again, the fish out of water story is is funny. Um, because it would be funny for 
somebody to come in and learn customs. One of my favorite things to do at, at like house parties when there's a lot of different people from different places is to ask like, what's something that we do in this state that, you know, growing up or wherever you were from is, is just really weird. My, my example of this, I was at a Christmas party one time and I, I met someone who had, who had moved here like two months ago from Georgia. And I said, oh, got a question for you. What's something totally weird? I asked the question and her response was, you all take your shoes off when you go into people's houses. And she's like, that's the weirdest thing in the world. Why would you do that? And we're like, well, I mean, around here, especially in the wintertime, there's salt and snow. If we kept our shoes on, the the whole house would be a, a disaster. But in Georgia, whatever, who cares? You know, you, your shoes can stay on. So um, that's my favorite question to ask at, at house parties when there's, you know, uh, and when it's applicable. Anyway. And that's the, is that the best answer you've ever gotten? That that was the most odd one, because usually people are like, oh, you like this certain food or this fast food restaurant is up here or not up here. You, you say this like I, I, like for all of our listeners who are not from the Midwest, Ope is abs- absolutely like, Ope, I'm just going to sneak right past you here is absolutely a phrase that comes out of Midwesterners' mouth on a mm-hmm. daily basis. <laughs> but we're the more polite. It's like we apologize for everything we do. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. the most Midwestern phrase, this is something I saw on the internet once, is the most Midwestern phrase is, oh, let me just sneak past you here and grab the ranch. <laughs> that is one way I'm not like a Midwestern. I'm not a big ranch guy. I'd rather blue cheese, but ranch is good when you have it in the right place. Like I don't want it on my salads or anything. I'm a barbecue sauce guy. On your salads? Not on. Well, I mean, I probably would have it on salad. I would. I would put barbecue sauce on on a lot of things. I don't remember where I was going with this point. There's a sorry. There's I can't say it because it's inappropriate. But there's a really funny old vine where it's these two. They must be in high school, and that's all I can think of when you say, "Oh, you like barbecue sauce?" Because it's this really, really skinny white kid uh, with his female friend. And he looks at her and he goes there. So I'm just, I'm going to misquote it there. I, I, I'm lying there. Barbecue sauce on my, and I'm going to just not say the word that starts with the letter T and is in okay. the top area. And the, his friend just like looks at him like with shock and awe and just starts cackling. It's the funniest thing ever. Are you not familiar with this video? I'm not. I was, I was never into vine vine passed me by i didn't have a vine but like this was on instagram this is over i'll find it and i'll send it to you and okay you can enjoy okay thank it, you because it's hilarious um okay i know i remember where i was going for this thank you for that delay so i can remember where i was going with anytime this. Um, we like the fish out of water thing like we mm-hmm. understand that but then when it gets into okay now he's laying an egg and people are aging backwards and we're going to his planet it just it it, it starts to get too convoluted at that point and so it's less about, haha, here's these two opposites, one of them from outer space. Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. To, all right, now we're in a space adventure, and here's what, like, it, it just gets too convoluted. The other thing that I did see, which is, we've talked about this on the show before, um, where this is a, you know, thing of the past, where, you know, one fan did point out that season four had a new time slot. They moved the show to Sunday night against CBS's 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so 60 Minutes, of course, being an extremely popular show, um, still going, uh, you know, many great interviews and things like that. I'll be honest, I've never watched an episode of 60 Minutes. I have no idea what happens on it. I'm assuming it's interviews with interesting people based on uh, commercials I have seen. And it's only a it's only a half hour program, too. Really? No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> you could have gone with that. I would have believed you. Um, what a lie. Uh and so, you know, back when TV was, you know, time slotted, that was a really big deal of when did you put said show yeah. on what day and what was the show before it and what was the show after it? What were the other networks showing that you were competing against? So, okay, they're keeping this show on Tuesdays. So we're going to move this really popular show to Wednesdays and we're going to pair it with this. I mean, it, it's, it, they still do this today. I mean, the fact that animation domination and uh, you know, every so often you see, you know, NBC has got to run a comedies and it's NBC comedy Thursdays. It's, it's all just trying to get you to watch one thing right after the other. So, I mean, it's still kind of happens today, but for the most part now in the streaming age, this is a problem of the past, but a very real problem for, you know, eighties, nineties, early two thousands TV. And when you, when you do what you do to the show at the end, again, having Robin Williams lay an egg, I think that's you think you've I think you've earned your bad time slot at that point. But they were also steadily losing viewership um, and they didn't know until like the final minute that they were going to get canceled. So they do end on a cliffhanger, although from what I understand, they also end on this really beautiful, positive note about like what makes a marriage work. And like Mork was like trying to get this big promotion, but instead he ends up like explaining the importance of love to to his like his boss back on his home planet and like how humans have successful relationships from what i gather they knew they were getting canceled or had some kind of inkling and they kind of like quick wrapped it up at the end and and so it like kind of ended on cliffhanger of like okay this show could go on but similar to kind of what we talked about with gallivant last episode mm -hmm. where it, it, there's still like some things there, but ultimately, you know, you could just be like, okay, they're on living their lives. But I, I think, I think it did shock a lot of people because of how popular it was at the outset. Usually when shows like that, the popularity, they ride the wave of that for many, many seasons. Yeah. And I and mean, the merch that the, this show had merch. Oh, do tell. Um, Like to it, like clearly it was popular. Because, uh, gosh, some of the things they made. So, obviously, they did the eBay. I'm not going to tell you what the most expensive item is because it's not merch. And we'll circle back to it. But the Ooh. second most expensive item on eBay was a is for $5,000. Ooh. And it's from 1979. So, this is from the year the show. I think it starts in 79. Um, It is the Paramount Pictures Mork and Mindy tablecloth. 60 inches by 102 inches. It's just Mork. I don't see Mindy on it at all. Um, and then there's a $3,000 set of like birthday plates. That's just Mork. It says happy birthday around it. Um, there is a sealed monogrammed Mork and Mindy Jeep, like the Jeep she drives in the, oh, okay. the opening credits. Um, Nike had a brand of Mork and Mindy gym shoes. There's watches, all kinds of, oh, the. There's a signed photo of them and their child who's played by a full-grown adult. 
<laughs> Do you think that some of this has increased in value because of Robin Williams's death? Maybe that that like this is this has become more collectible for certain people. I also just think this wasn't a phenomena. Um, the top item is definitely more expensive because Robin Williams is dead. Um, lunchboxes, like it's so weird to think that with only four years, it was able to make such a such an impact, especially at a time period where we've talked about this in previous shows. Like merch isn't necessarily a thing you drop right out the gate. No, uh, and I think is maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like it's also a newer phenomenon of the amount of merch. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, you had your lunchboxes and your, you know, birthday set, but the amount of merch that comes out with popular TV shows at this point is is ridiculous to some standards. Yeah, but. The fact, I mean, that is how popular it was that they could sustain merch. And I mean, even now, especially in our nostalgia period, I wouldn't be surprised if more merch is being made now retroactively and selling because people are nostalgic for shows like Mork and Mindy. Though Mork and Mindy isn't vintage nostalgia anymore. 80s and 90s, unfortunately, is vintage nostalgia right now. I mean, it, it spilled into the 80s. I I guess, I guess. But I mean, it's like late 80s. Like I was at, I think I, I, I was at a vintage market and like they were selling Space Jam stuff. <sighs> oh man. As if Space Jam is vintage. Yeah. Yeah. So side note, if you want to know what the 90s are like, I watched Space Jam like recently, it was like two years ago or something like that. If you want to know what the 90s were like, Space Jam is exactly what the 90s were. Is what we should that's what we should put in a time capsule. We should put that in a time capsule and be like, yes, it was Michael Jordan, the Looney Tunes, the, you know, the, you have the and all the soundtrack is just all these 90s things like it it I remember watching it being like I'm being assaulted with the 90s right now. I need to find it and rewatch it then. Did it's, you see the 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 new one they made with LeBron James? I did James? not. I hmm. How do I how do I say this nicely? <laughs> I guess I don't have to. Uh, like it's not like LeBron James is listening to our podcast. Um, I, I just it, it, Michael Jordan is not a good actor. Okay, he, he he's simply not, and. I don't think that LeBron James is also a very good actor. Have you seen? Um, he was in Trainwreck. Did you see that? I, I, I saw the scenes in him, and he's oh, I okay. thought he did a fine job. He's okay. Um, I mean, he was playing himself, but I mean, at the same time, that's what he was doing in the new Space Jam. I haven't seen the new yeah. Space Jam. And then, uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I should see it before I judge it. But um, I, I, I. There's a lot of people out there that I'm always surprised. Like, I was surprised that John Cena held his own in, I think he was in Trainwreck. I think that's when I saw him act for the first time. And I'm like, you're surprisingly good at this. Well, that's because wrestling is acting. (laughs) Fair. That is true. (laughs) Like, wrestling is an acting profession. Um, And it's very fun. Like, the storylines they come up with are very, very fun. But uh, I, I, I do think... I do think it's going to be interesting with kind of this athletes becoming more uh, superstars, not just in 
sports, but in media. I mean, LeBron's not the only one that's done stuff. I mean, Kyrie Irving has his whole like Uncle Drew where he dresses up like an old guy and and goes to you have no idea what this is. Okay, I don't so know who this is. Kyrie Irving uh 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 has made lots of news lately um for vaccine reasons, but um uh he went through a whole promo where he dressed up like an old dude, got makeup and everything and then would go to like on the street basketball courts and be like, all right, I'm, I want to play. And of course, all the people are like, oh, who's this old dude? And then he'd, you know, do a bunch of stuff that made it look like he was bad. And then all of a sudden he'd like pull out the NBA moves and he'd be dunking on people and people are like, well, they made a whole movie of this. This is a movie. Mm-hmm. If you Google Uncle Drew movie, uh, it, like him and a bunch of other NBA people like were in this movie as old people. I think Shaq was in it. Um, and the other movie that I think, uh, do you remember like Mike? It like, it's right. Like you're, I feel like you're starting to unlock a memory, but yeah, that was another movie that, that had a bunch of NBA players. So maybe now that I'm talking about this, I need to see the new space jam and maybe I need to start a podcast of NBA players in movies. <laughs> Sounds great. That that's our next podcast. <laughs> you're going to go off. You're going to find another mistress as Matt, or, or, um, you're Matt as Casey likes to call me. Um, to do podcasting <laughs> exclusively NBA players in film. I mean, I, it's a, it's a niche market, but you're going to corner it. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Sometimes being niche is the, is the, is the key. <laughs> um, so I do want to hit on what the top item was before we oh, go yes, please. You know, too far down this rabbit hole. And it's terrifying. It is worth ten thousand dollars. Is it? Is it Mork's egg? <laughs> um, it's actually just someone got Robin Williams's head. Um, which actually, I, as I say that as a joke, it's not far off. Um, it is for reasons I don't know. Robin Williams's Mork and Mindy original life cast set of his face. Okay, I gotta see this. Like and. And here, I'll just I'll send it to you in the yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah, link it to um, me, please. I need, I need and to... scripts and scripts from Mork and Mindy. So it's different scripts, but then it's his face cast. It almost looks like the Mrs. Doubtfire cast. Um, but it's like I'm assuming at some point because there's a picture of him looking like a very old man in it. So I'm assuming at some point he plays a very very old man. Whoa, that is yeah, it's unsettling. That's unsettling. Yeah, um, and yeah. the mask was created by the late makeup artist and designer William Lyon McKenzie back in '78. Oh, for season one, episode twelve, titled "Old Fears." Okay, so he does become old. Wow, um, that is haunting. Okay, so that is the most expensive thing. If you're a Robin Williams fan and you're sad that he's gone, you can buy his face molding. Okay, it's kind of like a death mask if you think about it. Oh, I did I mean, a video for work today about death masks, so. Oh, hey, there's a card game? A Mork and Mindy card game? Yeah, and it's got a little Mork action figure, got little eggs. That's only like 30 bucks. That'll go great okay. with your McPizza hat. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I would... <laughs> if I ever get to a point where I have so much money that I don't know what to do with myself... I'm <laughs> currently uh, in between jobs, so not going really well. Uh, but I am definitely going to buy a McPizza hat. 
I, if I, Matt, Matt, if I ever become tremendously affluent, I will buy you a McPizza. Hat. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, I appreciate that. Right now I'm trying to work on, um, so I, I, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm working on this. I got to find an artist for this that, um, uh, there's an infamous, uh, uh, review online of Casey, uh, my beers and ears partner that he gets called a money hungry demon, uh, in this review of the Disney store. <laughs> Um, oh, God! Yeah, like yeah. someone yelped your Disney store yeah, back yeah. from they, the day they, and they called Googled him a money hungry demon. Money hungry demon. And so I really want someone to create Casey as like a demon who is devouring cash and coins. And um, but I have zero art skills, so this is my this is my new new thing that I need to need to figure out who is going to create a caricature of Casey as a money-hungry Why demon. Why was he called a money-hungry demon? It was a day that our, our cash registers were out. And, you know, Disney, they don't allow us to put up signs or anything like that. Like, it is just, you wait till box office and you say, hey, we can't accept credit cards cash, or, or gift cards. It's cash only. And so it was this woman who had gotten to the box office and couldn't pay with her gift card and we're like i'm so sorry like there's nothing we can do and it was you should have put a sign and we're money hungry demons because you know we should have posted a sign yeah it was great review great review i love it absolutely love it i am very rabbit holy today (laughs) it's okay i think mork and mindy would approve it feels very on brand for them that's true so do you think matt that this needs to come back? Uh, no, uh, not at all. Um, first of all, trying to do anything that would be replacing Robin Williams, like d- just just that part of it is just not, don't do it. Um, but also, like I mentioned, the whole like opposites and fish out of water story, there's a thousand of those shows. Um, this is not, that's not an uncommon thing. I mean, in in the sense of, do I think that a show like this is going to come back? Sure. <laughs> but but not like I don't think this is something that would be recepted by adults on like a prime time or even on a net like this is going to like a Disney plus for kids like that's what it would become. It's like, um, oh, goodness gracious. Disney did some I mean, Wizards of Waverly Place is kind of like that. Oh, I feel yeah, like yeah. like with the wizards who are in like the regular human world. I hope that's a plot. That's what I always assumed was the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like secret wizards like or like they did that with um, Phil of the Future. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, oh, do, man. Do I just unlock a memory for you? Phil, Phil, of, of the future. He's a 27th century man. And, oh, yeah. Um, like, it's well, some, and, it hits with kids because it's funnier to us because we have a, they have a better suspense, or to, did I say to us? We're not kids. Um, it, they have a, they have a better suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Um, and didn't, didn't like late 90s, early 2000s have third rock from the sun? Yes. And that was the Which same is the thing. Same concept. Only, I don't think there's any human characters in Third Rock from the Sun that knows they are aliens. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think they're just the like extraterrestrials are are posing, and so as humans, yeah, yeah, as humans, and but same idea again. Fish out of water, like type story. So I mean, clearly this has been done. One of my in, favorite like different. bits in television history, and I like I sometimes think of it still to this day, is from Third Rock from the Sun, and it's John Lithgow, and he's on a date with Jane Curtin, and he puts a big stack of money on the table at the restaurant, 
And he tells the server every time she doesn't do her job well enough, he is going to take money off of the top of this tip and she will watch her tip progressively get smaller. <laughs> and within the first, like he asks her um, what the soup of the day is. She said, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I'll have to go check. And he takes a dollar away. And it's just this beautiful moment because John Lithgow is just a, oh, yeah. a, a treasure. Um, oh, it's so funny. But that's like, I always think I always, that's one of the things I like to say is like, I will take one dollar away for every time you do something that displeases me. <laughs> Have you ever done that at a restaurant? No, God, I'm not that. <laughs> I, I'm not that brave. I'm not that bold. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, you know, the movie Waiting? Yes. Yeah, so that's the reason I'm th- that movie is the reason I'm polite to anyone serving me food because I'm afraid that they're going to like spit in my food or th- things like that. So I am unbelievably nice to anyone who is handling my food as you should be. Yes. Um but yeah, no, Mork and Mindy I I I think it like now that I now 100% knowing what it is, I feel like it didn't have a place back then. I don't know why to me comedic television shows about aliens coming to earth just doesn't hit it doesn't i don't know it's not grounded like that that's that's where we connect with media when we feel like they are dealing with problems that we're dealing with mm-hmm. um it, it, even even if it's in a fantastical world it's got to be grounded and especially sitcoms like that i mean look at the sitcoms that have done well in modern times, like Modern Family is a, was a huge hit. Why? Because that that hit home for so many people of, yeah, I'm in a family that has a dad that remarried. I'm in a family where there's, uh, there's a, a, a gay couple. I'm in a family where this is the norm. Yeah. And... And, and that's why it hit home. Yeah, it was funny and had good bits, but it, it just hit home. Yeah, that's the that's the strength of most like popular television shows like like The Office or The Golden Girls or shows that showed the showed real people doing real things. And that's what made it funny. And that's what made it popular is people tuned in and they could see themselves in Blanche or Rose or they could see themselves in Jim or Angela like or they like I I remember that it wasn't until I got like I loved The Office, um, but I kind of think I liked it because it was like. I grew up with it. Like it was mm-hmm. happening yeah. while I was young and it was such a big thing. And there were parts that were funny. I'm not a big fan of cringy humor, but I enjoyed it. I got to my job, my first big boy job at a museum. And I was like, I work with a Dwight and I work with a, th-. like I could point out the different people yeah. I worked with. And I was like, Oh wow. I get it. And that like parts of it were resonating with me and it was funny um, for the very, like it, like it was hitting in a new way. Yeah, and I yeah. grew a whole better respect for the show than what I had already had. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, this one, it, it, it has place and time. It's really cool. Great that it launched Robin Williams's career. Um, very happy about that. But mm-hmm. it can stay in the late 70s and early 80s. <laughs> well, do you have any final thoughts about Mark and Mindy, Matt? I don't think so. Um, I think we're getting to uh, the end of the museum hours. I think it's time to close up shops. So, uh, Chris, how do they get a hold of us? If you are interested in reaching out to us with any comments or ideas for future episodes, uh, you are more than welcome to email us at discontinuedondisplay at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Instagram at discontinuedondisplay 
Or you could find us on Twitter at DiscontinuedPod. Wait, did I flip those? Yeah, you're good. You're good. That's right. That's right. Yeah, okay, cool. Right. I, in my brain, all of a sudden, I was like, did I switch <laughs> handles on Instagram and Twitter? I didn't. We're good. Um, yes. Yeah. Matt, save yes, me. You, I'm drowning. Yeah, um, SorcererNetwork.com. Uh, you can check us out there. About SorcererNetwork.com. Yeah. So um, uh, Casey did a lot of work in organizing all the episodes. So like our episodes, you always have like the 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 latest five, but then you have them organized by season. And this is especially for us. We definitely have it very well organized in terms of like how we do things for our beers and ears podcast. Um, we just have a smorgasbord of of episodes and so he's organized them of like here are movie reviews here's trivia challenges and so it's really nice to be able to it's really nice maneuverability and uh um yeah we're looking to populate that with more content here soon um uh i'm 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 excited about it so definitely like if you're if you're looking for a specific episode honestly it's a really easy way to find it um is sorcerernetwork.com and rate review us on uh, apple podcasts because that helps us too Make sure you go and you specifically tell everyone that Matt is a money grubbing demon. No, no, no. That's Casey. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> five stars and comment. Casey is a money hungry demon. Yes, please, please do that. Even though Casey's, well, Casey's been on the show, but even though Casey is not a reoccurring character on our show, that that'll be that'll he'll be he's the Mork. He's our Mork. He's gonna go spin off <laughs> and do a show about being a demon and marry and marry someone, marry a poor unsuspecting human. There's got to be a D&D campaign in here somewhere. There is. That we've just said it. Yes, that that like they have to the, the money-hungry demon is what the village is trying to get rid of but then they realize that he's actually a soft person at heart and the real the real um enemy Villain is, is the town. Y- y- yes. <laughs> See, that's there's a play about that and I could go on forever. There's a play called The Death and Life of Sneaky Fitch, which is um, like an old it's a farcy old-timey western and it's like Sneaky Fitch is this old drunk bandit that everyone hates and is really mean to. But you find and then at one point he everyone thinks he died, but he like wakes up because he was just asleep and they all think he's a ghost. And so they're terrified of him. So they do whatever he says. But you find out like the, the point of the story is that Sneaky wasn't a bad person. He was just someone the town didn't like and chose never to get to know. And so the villain, which is, I think it's such a brilliant concept, is that the bad guy isn't who you think the bad guy is. The bad guy is the whole town. Interesting. It's the whole. It's the it's the masses that are imparting a certain vision onto an individual. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we are definitely the employees right now. That uh, the rest of the employees are going. I would like to go home. <laughs> so let's send um, them home, Matt. Let's send them home. We will see you next time on Discontinued on Display. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.